Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us, and we hope you are encouraged by today's message. Okay. Can we be family today? Can we talk today about a few things? Here's what I want to do today. This is my goal for today. I want to set you up for a great Christmas break, um, a great end of the year, and a great start to 2019. How many of you want to finish this year with thanksgiving to God? We're going to close out things. We're going to finish well, and then we're going to set up next year well. And what I want to talk to you about today is we're going to continue our series, Peace on Earth. We're talking about that word peace, that word shalom, wholeness, and specifically of how it relates to your earth in the sense of your home and your household. If there is anything, you know, if, if you ask the question, you know, since, um, you know, uh, many of you know I had a very powerful encounter with the Lord on Good Friday uh, this year, which was also Passover on that, uh, on that Good Friday service. And if there's one thing that, uh, there's a lot of things, but one of the main things that the Lord has changed in my heart is just how crucial the home is, how crucial the family is, that, that really when we look at the ecclesia, there's, there's the home ecclesia as it was intended uh, in Genesis and, and, and really as, even as the nation of Israel got birth, that God didn't want them to have a king. He wanted every man to be the priest of his home and that every home, every family was was an ecclesia there, and there, then there would be times that they would all come together. And so this, the power of what God wants to do in your home, watch, it's something that I can't do for you. I'm not the father or the owner of the home, or you, you see what I'm saying? I'm not, uh, th- this, is, this is your home, this is your family, this is your household, okay? And so, Really, it's up to you and how you bring the peace of God in there and how you bring the, the, the lordship of Jesus in there. But how many of you want shalom in your homes? You want some peace. You want, you want all the blessing that God has, has for you. And so we've been, we've been talking about this as we've been unpacking uh, the Sabbath here and the principle of the Sabbath and try we've tried to... Uh, do away with a lot of the confusion around the Sabbath. And uh, if you haven't been here, please go online and, and listen to those messages because I really get thorough on what the Sabbath is not. It's not Jewish. It's not the time when you have to go uh, to church. It's not a, a day where you don't do things. I, I go through all of that. Really, what's it about? What it is about is it's about God coming into your home and your table and bringing his peace, his wholeness into your household, yeah? And you being the priest of your home. You know, I really believe that in, you know, in, in especially in America, we see a, a church almost on every corner, don't we? And I believe the reason that there's a church on every corner is because there's supposed to be a priest in every home. It's the priesthood of the believer 
And so because of the confusion there, there's, there's, a, lot of, uh, there's a lot of things going on um, that are substitutionary for something that's very simple and very sacred and that anybody can do. And so I wanna set you up for that today. Is that okay? Is that okay? So uh, let's have a word of prayer and um, then I'm gonna jump right into to the message today. Father, we love you. And Lord, I just thank you for liberty in your house today. Lord, I thank you that this, this is a, a sacred space, Lord. And God, we thank you that you are here. And Lord, you back your word. You back the gospel of the kingdom. So we just ask you to confirm your word with power today, Lord, because you love each and every person here. You love the family. Lord, you love the home. The home is the front line of defense and offense for the kingdom of God. And Lord, I'm so sorry. I repent as a pastor for not realizing this earlier in my ministry. And Lord, help me by your spirit to minister today and set you up where you can speak to your people what they need to hear, Lord. Lord, so they can take their homes back and they can see the power of God in their marriages and in their kids, grandkids, friends, family, like you want them to have. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. amen. All right. Are y'all awake today? Okay, so if I roll through some things fairly quickly, you're gonna, you're gonna be on point, right? And uh, I'm gonna have all these notes on the website as well, as well as notes from my previous messages because I really want to set you up. Um, man, to see God move in your home over these holidays, okay? And one of the things that we're doing today, you'll see this, You'll be given one of these on your way out, okay? This is a really beautiful guide. It says prayer and resource guide for practicing the Sabbath. And right here on the front, you'll see Jesus, the light of the world. That's who we're celebrating this Christmas, amen? And in this, this is a super simple guide of how you can basically have a family meal serve communion to your family or your friends or who's ever there, serve communion, come on. Honor Jesus in this meal and I believe, watch, the Lord himself comes in to your home and comes into that table and begins to deposit his peace in a way that only he can. Aren't you glad that Jesus gives us a peace, gives us a shalom? Yeah, that the world can't take away. Yeah, and uh, there's just, there's some good illustrations in here. There's also some prayers uh, that you can pray. Uh, many of you have asked for this, like here's a prayer, you can pray over your kids. Here's a prayer, you, you have a newborn baby, you can pray over that. Here's a prayer uh, that you can pray over your spouse, family and friends. There, there's like a prayer guide that you can use to pray for your spouse and family. How many of you know that praying blessings of affirmation over your family, come on, that's your responsibility. Yeah, I mean, I can, I can do it from here, but that's your responsibility. It's your home. And on that note, and before I get into some of this today, I wanna say this, okay? 
about the Sabbath. You are free to do this and you are, or you are free to not do this, okay? Obviously, anything like this, it has nothing to do with your salvation. We have liberty in these areas. Um, I mean, I did not do this for the first 28 years of my walk with God. It took Jesus himself showing up personally to convince me of some of these things, that, that these things actually have a, a freedom and a power, that they're a pattern of a kingdom that is only for my benefit, okay? So when we get into these things, I want you to, look, this is not a law. This is not, oh, you have to do this. This is, watch this. This is a gift that God's given unto us that we have the opportunity, like a lot of the spiritual weapons and gifts that God gives us, that we have the opportunity to implement, come on, where the Lord can bring blessing and power to our lives, okay? You don't have to pray, do you? You don't have to, not for, you don't have to come to church. There's a lot of people not here today, okay? So it's important that we understand that the things that the, Lord's, the Lord gives us, um, they're for our benefit, okay? And for me personally, I just want the maximum amount of blessing and shalom for me and my wife and my kids as, as possible, yeah? And, and what this is gonna come down to for many people um, is, is, is what we've been talking about with this concept of some things there are certain things of God that are just sacred. We've talked about sacred space. So watch this. There's a lot, I know there's a lot of tithers in here, right? A lot of people that tithe. Watch. If you tithe, I'm going to tell you why you tithe, okay? Now, some of you, okay, the Lord says it, I'm doing it. But others, watch this. The reason you tithe and why you do 10% and you do the first 10% and you don't do 8% or seven and a half or this, watch. Do you believe that God will bless you when you give offerings? Yes. Whatever you give, he's gonna bless you back. But for those of us that tithe, we believe not 8.5. We believe that this portion of the tithe, this first 10%, it is sacred. The Bible says it's holy unto the Lord. It has power in itself, watch. It belongs to the Lord. It has power in itself to bless or curse. Not curse where God's like, oh, I curse you now. You're not tithing. It's not that. It's just withholding that does not activate the maximum blessing, come on, that God can bring into your life. We believe that that tithe is what? It's, it's a sacred space. And that that's why we give that. Most of us, hopefully, we believe what? That the name of Jesus is sacred in itself. Am I right? The name of Jesus is sacred. So we don't, we don't take that name and make it common and just use it however we want. No, we believe that the name is sacred. We believe that communion, right? We don't take communion in the same way that we 
eat sushi at the town center, do we? No, we believe the Lord's table, what? It's sacred. It's, it's set apart itself. So this is the same principle of the Sabbath, okay? That this is a time, what I believe, it's a sacred time that God set apart, Genesis 1.14, for sacred times. It's a sacred day that somehow, if we could steward that, in a way that honors the Lord and don't treat it like every other day of the week. Come on, there is a potential maximum blessing there that we can receive. It has nothing to do with your salvation. If God loves you, you can serve communion every night in your home. That would be awesome. Amen? But what I'm hoping our church can get to is that, um, man, we... We love the Lord and we love our homes and we love our family and we're not perfect, okay? And uh, we're not always faithful, but he's faithful, you know? And you can remember this and even let's say, you know, you go a few weeks and you never, whatever, you know, you, you, you didn't do communion with your family or anything like that you can, and things are going on, you can say, you know what? We need to have a Sabbath this Friday night or we need to do communion around breakfast this Saturday morning because, man, I need God's shalom, his peace in my home. Can I have a good amen to that, okay? So let me just set all this up like that. There is liberty here, okay? All right, are y'all ready to roll? Okay, let's just do some quick review. We already did what the Sabbath is not. This is real quick. Let's do, review what the Sabbath is. This is what I was supposed to do two weeks ago and I never got to, all right? But I did kind of do it. I just didn't give you the points. Okay, number one, the Sabbath is for wholeness. That's that word shalom. Wholeness, healing, nothing broken, nothing lacking, all restored. Number two, the Sabbath is for family. It is for family. The local church where we are today, you know what the local assembly is for? The local, it's equipping. This is what I'm doing today. I'm equipping you, watch this, to bring wholeness into your home. That's what the local church is for, okay? But the Sabbath is for the home, it's for family. We went over this a couple of weeks ago. The Sabbath is designed to be an antidote to social anxiety and all the brokenness of society. You know, even, even if we, you, know, you didn't believe that having a Sabbath was, um, you know, even if you, 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 you didn't believe that there was nothing sacred about the time itself, you ought to do it just for resistance. Resistance to the nonstop go, go culture, consumerism, busy, 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 phone, 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 demands, 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 demands. Wait till, wait till Dr. Cloud is with us in early March. Wait till you hear what Dr. Cloud says about society. And just remember, it was right there in Genesis chapter one and two, all along. There is no family table anymore and there's no stoppage there's no <sighs> there's no breath okay 
The Sabbath is for honoring and thanking Jesus. How about that? All right, are y'all ready to get into some stuff? This is really kind of like a Bible class. Is that okay? Mark 2, 20, uh, chapter 2, verse 27. So Jesus' disciples were walking through this field and they were eating. And uh, the Pharisees said, hey man, look, you're, you're doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath. And here's what Jesus said. This is so important. He said to them, look, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. And then he goes on to say in another verse where he's talking about this very same thing. He says, even so, the son of man is what? Lord of the Sabbath. Watch this. The Sabbath, because the Pharisees had all kind of, the, Judaism today, there's all types of rules and regulations. There's just all kind of things around the Sabbath that has nothing to do with Scripture. Okay, if you remember what God said about the, uh, the Sabbath, he said, look, you're to remember the Lord on the Sabbath. Remember the Lord on the Sabbath. Honor the Sabbath, okay? There's something special about this day. Look at this. Jesus said the Sabbath was made for man. Everybody say the Sabbath was made for me. The Sabbath was made for you. Very interesting, here's what Jesus did not say. He did not say, you know, all the days of the week are made for you. He did not say the first day is made for you. The third and the seventh day is made for you. The first day, or if there's, you know, no, what did he say? This day was made for you. It was a gift. It is a gift given to us by God that is set apart that if we take advantage of that gift, there's gonna be big time blessing on our lives. Can I have a good amen for that? It was made for us, it's, it's a gift. Did you know this in the New Testament? There are seven recorded miracles that Jesus did on the Sabbath. If you are familiar with the Gospels, there's always this Sabbath deal. Why is Jesus always healing people on the Sabbath? Why did Jesus make a point, what, to eat, to feast on the Sabbath? Why is he always healing people on the Sabbath? Well, what does the Sabbath bring? It brings shalom. It brings wholeness. It brings healing. What if, watch, what if, like the Lord's table, like when you take the bread, like when you take the juice, what if, like the altar? Let me ask you this. When we're praying, when we're praying for things or breakthrough or whatever, can God give you a breakthrough in your seat? He can. But how many of you believe that sometimes there's something sacred about this altar? That it's not a works thing. It's not anything like that. There's something about action where you're showing the Lord what's in your heart that I mean business. And I'm telling you, if our relationship with God is all this, well, God loves and God is love and he sees the intentions of my heart. The intentions mean nothing. 
and God's just a big love blob, and you know, everything I'm just gonna sit here and do from my heart, and yeah, Sabbath from my heart, yeah, say yes from my heart, yeah, do this from my heart, yeah, I do that from my heart. Listen, you know what, that, that is the opposite of faith, because faith must believe that God is, and he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. If you believe that God is here, then you're gonna show up. If you believe that there's power in the Lord's table, you're gonna take it with honor and reverence. If you believe that there's something power in the tithe itself, you're gonna give it. And if you really believe that God will heal your marriage and that he'll deliver your kids and that he will bless your home, if you can find a way to somehow honor him on this day, then you're gonna do it. And if you don't do any of those things, God still loves you. Yeah? We gotta get past that. Mm. Look what Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you what? Rest. Take my yoke, same word, use for rest in the Sabbath. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I'm gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for what? Your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus himself is inviting us to come to him. This is an action. This is not a past tense. This is not just talking about when you got saved. He invites us to come to him where we can receive rest. And here's number five. The Sabbath is for the establishment of the rule of God in your household. Okay? Look what it says. You shall remember that you were a slave in Egypt. This is talking about the Sabbath. You shall remember you were a slave in Egypt. And look, the Lord your God brought you out from there with a what? Mighty hand and an outstretched arm. This is the Passover. This is the blood of the lamb on the doorpost. This is the light of fire in your home. This is the first time we see in scripture since Genesis, since God talks about it in Genesis, that we see the Sabbath observed, even though the children of Israel really didn't know what they were doing. It's about the home. There's blood over the home. Because that blood is over the home, that home belongs to God. And when the angel of death passed over it, every home that didn't have the blood over the home got affected. Here's what God said. I want you to end that home. Blood of the lamb, light of fire. You're gonna have this meal and you're gonna remember that it's the Lord your God who protects you, okay? That's what, so watch this. He says, so when you do this, I want you to remember, look, that the Lord your God brought you out from Egypt, look, with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. Now, this is important. I'm gonna get into some practicals here. So what does it mean to keep the Sabbath day? What does that mean, keep it? What I would say, because there's really very little instruction in Scripture about the Sabbath other than honor and remember, here's what I would say. We always, we want to do something that causes us to remember and thank Jesus that he delivered us. He's our Passover lamb. 
He delivered us what? Out of sin, out of what Egypt represents, out of slavery, out of the world. Come on, he did that with outstretched arms. With a mighty act of judgment, God the Father judged his own son. So here's, watch this. So God says, look, therefore the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. Now this is awesome. Oh. So when Jesus, do you understand? When the Pharisees were attacking Jesus for eating on the Sabbath and healing people and doing all this good and it being a day of joy and all that. When Jesus said, look, hey, 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 hey. Man was not made for the Sabbath. The Sabbath is a gift to man. The Sabbath was made for man. And when he said, and even so, the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. You know what Jesus is saying? I was the one back in Egypt. I was the one that brought them out. I was the one that delivered them. I am the deliverer. You don't honor a day. You honor the Lord of the day. And you remember that you were once in sin. And you remember how God saved you and delivered you. You know what, it's good that I can find a meal. Or for some of you, if you do this, you're gonna go like go with, okay, let me just get some cereal bars and a cup of coffee. Okay, I think I can get them around the table for 10 minutes, we'll start right there. It's good for your children, those of you who've been saved a long time. It's good for your kids to know that you didn't always honor the Lord. It's good for your kids to know daddy wasn't always a good person. Daddy wasn't always a person. There was a time I was not the dad that you see today. But you know what, kids? Jesus delivered me. He saved me. And I am who I am today. And actually, I wouldn't even be standing in front of you as your father if it wasn't for the Lord delivering me with his mighty outstretched arms. Mm. So look, remember, what does that remind you of? Now go to 1 Corinthians when Paul's talking about communion. When he had given thanks, he broke it and Jesus said, this is my body which is for you, do this what? In remembrance of me. Same word, Jesus the Passover lamb. So this, if we wanna talk about what does it mean to honor the Lord on the Sabbath? In the foundational, most simple way, we find a time, okay, I'm not gonna, you can go back and listen how we, we go with God's time, which is, sundown Friday to sunset Saturday, okay? You find somewhere, somehow, in that 24-hour period, if you can, to pull who you can of your family together. This is for you, priest. This is for you, parents. That you somehow, even if it's just you, you get together, you serve communion, and you remember that it was the Lord who saved you and who delivered you 
and he is your God. And we give you a pattern right there. You can use that, that simple Our Father outline. You can pray your own prayers. But at the end of the day, it's about bringing the Lord of the Sabbath into your home, into your household. Can I get a good amen? And we give you all the tools to do it. Your home, it's, it's a church. It's every bit as important as this church. There's the local assembly, there's the regional assembly, but man, the home, the home was the early church. When they talked about fellowship and breaking bread, what do you think they were talking about? All these things were happening in the home. The Sabbath was being celebrated. It was just a time when believers, when they could get together, where they could have communion, and guess what? They could, they could like have a dinner party, or they could fellowship. It was like, it was a happy time. It was a day of remembrance of the goodness of God. It's not all this crazy, confusing, theological, you have to do this, it's the day that you go to church, it's all this different kind of stuff. Man, I'm telling you, the enemy, watch this, he has put so much confusion, he has put so much craziness around this, watch, all it is, is just understanding that this day, somehow, you are gonna remember Jesus and thank him specifically for his blood that he shed for you and your family is gonna honor the Lord. As for me and my household, what? We're gonna serve the Lord. And everyone is different. Like, like this Friday night, what did we do? Oh boy, it took some work getting Annabelle and her, her two little friends to that table. I don't know what kind of bribes I did. I can't remember what I did, but I got them there. And uh, it was Stovey. Stovey loves it. He's a priest in training. Oh yeah. I got Annie and her little friends there. You know, they were going out to do, do something, but uh, come on, just give it. I got them there. It was Carrie and I. Somebody sent us some great Christmas food and uh, we had a great meal. We served communion. I prayed over those three girls that the shalom, the peace of God would be upon them and that the Lord would send them the right husband one day Amen. that loves them Amen. and that will treat them the way that they're supposed to be treated. I prayed over my son that the Lord would send him a wife one day that would really care for him and love him for who he is. Then Carrie and I prayed over one another. We served communion. We, 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 light, a, we, we light a candle and we have, a, that was it. But something changed. Then we had some friends. We've already started these things. We call it the, the after party, Shabbat after party. At the Weems house, you always have to have a Shabbat after party because the kids are gonna come home with all those friends at some point, and so you just need to go ahead and stay up. So then we had a, a few other couples come over. Come on, that's when I did my outside fire, my outside candle. <laughs> yeah? But there was something peaceful about the whole night.
something very God-focused. Yeah? And I love explaining to my kids and how they know now what those things represent, the bread and with the holes in it. And there's, there's different things that we give you in this manual or, or this, this guide. Like I'm saying, if you wanna try it, I want you to try this over the holidays. That's what I want you to do. I would love if you would try it. And, uh, and see. Because the Lord backs this. And our families and our homes are under attack. And you might be the only home in your neighborhood that knows how to bring the shalom and the power of God into your house. Hmm? All right, are y'all still with me? Yes. Colossians 2.8. I've got 15 more minutes. Is this okay doing a Bible class? Yes. Now, wait, wait, put up the thing on Gnosticism real quick. I'm not gonna go into it. I'm gonna have this on the website, okay? I think it is so important to understand how the early church and specifically Paul was battling Gnostic heresies, okay? The Gnostics were, it, it actually, after Jesus came, it was like, oh, Jesus came and he brought this, this special knowledge, but what? Yes, Jesus did bring the knowledge of salvation, but he brought this special knowledge and they added just all types of, just crazy stuff to it. And you can see a lot of the, whether it's secret society or uh, secret societies or other religions of today follow a lot of these things, okay? And uh, so it was this knowledge, but watch. The knowledge wasn't available to everyone. And through asceticism and different things, those that were predestined to have the special knowledge could get it. But man did not have a free will. And so these societies were set up for these special predestined ones that could through different ascetic acts basically kind of gain enlightenment or ascension. Aren't you glad that the knowledge of God is available to all who come to Jesus? Um, it was very individualistic. It was, uh, they worshiped angels because they believed that, um, that God himself, like, God himself could never really engage the earth. Jesus couldn't come in a body because all things physical, all things material, all things earthly were evil, okay? So things like feasting, things like, you know, celebrations, all these kind of things, those were evil. No, no, think of some of the, the, the religions in other parts of the world where you see them living a very aesthetic lifestyle. You know, they're shaving their head, they kind of all look one way. They have these belief systems of ascension, only certain elect ones. It was, it was that kind of thing. And so with the Gnostics, so they denied that Jesus actually came in a body. Jesus was really just a spirit because the body's evil. They wanted uh, Christians to disconnect from the Old Testament and from those scriptures because the Yahweh, Yahweh had to be an inferior God or, or he had to be like, 
Like there were all these mediators between God and man because God was, was he couldn't, he just couldn't be anywhere near anything physical or material. He was in the other part of the universe. And so God would never interact with man like Yahweh did with Israel. So we just kind of need to disconnect from all that stuff. It was very individualistic. It's about your own destiny. Um, so I'm gonna put that up there. It's from the International Standard Bible Encyclopedia. But I believe when you read the letters of Paul, you will notice language. In other words, he's directly opposing this stuff. He's using language specifically to combat a lot of these heresies that were coming into the church. And that's exactly what he's doing here in Colossians. Okay, Colossians was a, if you wanna say, it, it was a church, it was uh, a Gentile church, uh, mostly Gentile believers. And look what he says here in Colossians 2.8. So he's going through this whole thing that, no, in Jesus, the fullness of the Godhead dwelt bodily. No, Jesus did come in the flesh. Yeah, yeah, the knowledge of God, it's amazing. And, and there's the mystery, but that's all revealed in Jesus Christ. All, he's just combating all these Gnostic heresies that are trying to come in the church. And then he says this in Colossians 2. He says, see to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition according to the elemental spirits of the world and not according to Christ. Look, for in him, the whole fullness of the deity dwells bodily. That is just a direct rebuke to Gnosticism right there, okay? He says, and you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. He's above all these angels. He's above all these lesser gods. He's not one of many. He's the one who created them, okay? He says, look, in him you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism. So now what he's alluding to is, hey, look, yeah, you're in the flesh and there's this sinful nature, this temptations that humans have, but you know what? In Christ, you've been buried, that's been buried in baptism. You're forgiven, you're justified, okay? He goes on to say, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. Yes, Jesus did come in a body. And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him. Here we go. Having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands, this he set aside nailing it to the cross. Come on, can you thank God that Jesus delivered us with those outstretched arms? We're forgiven, we're justified. Look at this. He disarmed the rulers and authorities. All those multi-mediators that these real ascetic Gnostics are saying that we need to worship or uh, uh, to, to get to the true God. Look, Jesus disarmed all of them He's above all of them. He is God and he put them to an open shame by triumphing over them in him. Now watch this, very important. Therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. 
These are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. This is what was going on, and this is your classic New Testament passage that if all you have is a Western individualistic mindset and not understand context, consistency, congruence, and what Paul was battling there with the Gnostics, you would look at this and you would say, oh yeah, so, so these must be Jewish people persecuting these Gentile Christians for not doing the Sabbath. It was the opposite. It was ascetic Gnostics that thought that excessive food and drink and festival was inherently evil and carnal, and if you were really a godly person, you shouldn't be doing those things. So they were trying to say that they were holier than the church because look at the church. They're doing these festivals. They have these big feasts on, on, on Friday nights. They're, 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 they eat, they drink and all that. Look at them. That's, that's, that's evil. That's material. That's physical. That's, that's worldly. Look at us. Man, we're aesthetic. We deny all those things. We're trying to ascend into this secret knowledge. And so what Paul Paul is saying, look at this. Don't let them pass judgment on you in questions of what? Food and drink. Or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. Very important. These are what? A shadow of the things to come. It does not say these things ended when Jesus came. If there is a shadow, then there must be, must be what? A real, an eternal. If something is real, what is the, all these things? They're the shadow of what? Things to come. In the new heavens and the new earth, this is Isaiah 66. These point to the eternal things in God, these, these, these power patterns here. He says, look, these are a shadow of things to come, your kingdom come, look, but the substance belongs to what? In other words, he's saying, it's not about the food, the drink, the festival, to this. The substance of these things is Jesus himself. It's Jesus himself. It's his life that's coming into your home. He's what the festival is about. He is what the day is about. The substance that you're receiving is from Jesus himself. That's why I'm saying shalom in the home, the wholeness and the healing of Jesus himself is available to come into your home and into your house and into your family, it foreshadows the eternal things, the age to come, the coming kingdom. I'm telling you, church, let's take, let's get God back in our homes. Let's take our families. Let's be a beacon in our neighborhoods. Look, let no one disqualify you insisting on what? Asceticism. Denial, all these things, worship of angels, going on into detail about visions and da da da, keep going. And not holding fast to the head, Jesus, from whom the whole body, this is shalom, man, the body 
is nourished and knit together through its joints and ligaments, grows with a growth that is from God. I want God to grow your family. I want the substance of Jesus to nourish your family. Keep going. If with Christ you died to the elemental spirits of the world, why as if you were still alive in the world do you submit to regulations? Look, do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. Referring to the things that all perish as they are used according to human precepts and teachings. These have indeed an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion and aestheticism and severity to the body. Do you see what is going on here? These Gnostics who believed in all of this, they did believe in fasting a lot, but fasting is good, okay? So what they were doing is they were using all of this self-denial and they were saying, look at those Christians. They eat, they drink, they observe these feasts, these Sabbaths. Look at all that. Look at how they, food, the, look how much food they eat. And if you don't understand food in the ancient world, it was a big deal. That's why it's always associated with worship, food to idols. It was a big deal for Israel. It was a big deal for the church, Jesus instituting the Lord's Supper. They're saying, look at all that waste. Look at all that. They're not holy. Paul was saying, listen, don't let those people judge you in regards to these Sabbaths and new moons. Don't let them judge you about what you're eating and drinking. And remember, these things are a shadow of what's coming. And remember, the substance of these things is not the food or the drink or the festival. It's Jesus himself. We don't just honor the day, we honor the Lord of the day. And he nourishes our families. He nourishes our church where it grows in a healthy way. Can you give God a hand? So he's saying, yeah, they're doing all this self-denial, but that has no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. Keep going. I love this. So now, if then you have been raised with Christ, seek what? The things that are above. What's above? The kingdom as it is. What is above? The reality of these shadows that we now see in these patterns. He's saying, that's where you are. That's where the kingdom is. That's where our eternal home is. Seek those things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind, what? On things that are above, not on things on earth. If I could say one thing about the Sabbath, whether it's a, a meal, a day, a time, we do things that helps us keep our minds on what's above and what really matters. So that's why when we talk about lighting a candle, can I get into some questions here? Some questions we've, we've had. Is that good? Oh. So people ask, like, do I have to, watch this, can you practice Shabbat without doing a Shabbat, uh, the dinner? Yes, absolutely. You're not always gonna be able to do, do a dinner, but you know what? You can remember the Lord. You can honor the Lord. 
And like I said, why do we light candles? Candle, once again, please, candles is not Jewish. Oh God. Okay. Bed, bath, and beyond is not owned by Jewish people. <laughs> Jewish, well, I don't think so, I don't know. But you wanna talk about, you know where they get the light from? Passover lamb, light a fire, eat a meal, blood over your doorpost. That's why the one thing for you to get started, could you find, could you take communion? If you work on Friday night, once again, if you might work, you can do good on the Sabbath. There's liberty here. You need to go to so-and-so's football game, great. You need to do this, you need to do that, but could you just start where at some point in that day, could you have communion? Could you light a candle? Like, well, what about the lighting candles? There has been stained glass and candles in the entire world and especially the church since it was founded. We used to have stained glass and candles. Now look what we have. We have fake candles. We have smoke machines. We have, do you see what I'm saying? Okay, get. I love the candle. You know why? We, why? It helps me remember. And Carrie loves candles. We usually keep five lit every day anyway. I'm like, I need a special candle right where I'm always gonna walk by. The first month when I was doing this, I would forget. I would, I would forget. I'm like, oh yeah, it's the, it's the Sabbath. Thank you, Jesus. Was that so hard? Is that so legalistic and conforming? Where do we get these ideas? Okay, okay. Is practicing Sabbath part of the Old Covenant? Aren't we out of the Old Testament and no longer under the law? Let me be very clear here. The Old Testament is not the Old Covenant. Within the Old Testament does contain the Old Covenant, okay? In the New Testament, the New Testament has the New Covenant, but it also speaks in revelations of the age to come, okay? So we are not out of the Old Testament. We are in a new covenant with Jesus. What things, this is a whole nother lesson, what things of the law do go away? It's very, very simple if you think of it like this. Israel was also a nation. They were not a church. So there were certain things, civil things, in how any nation needed to be civil. Certain of those laws that absolutely, those things, a lot of those laws, our own country, uses. Also the sacrificial. What part of the law did Jesus, what did we mean he, he fulfilled? He is the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. So think about it. If you were to sacrifice a lamb <laughs> instead of honoring Jesus, do you see what I'm saying? Now that's we don't do that. He fulfilled all that. He is the ultimate sacrifice. He died one time for all sins. But let me tell you what is still in play, okay? The morality or the character that comes out in different commandments that God wants human beings to have that we receive in Christ. Okay, so you know like, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength and your neighbors yourself. That didn't originate in Matthew. That was in the law. 
Okay, well, it's in the law. I don't need to do that one. We've been over this. Come on, church. We gotta get, don't murder people. Do we, are we really talking about this? Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord your God is one. Trinity? Well, if Trinity's in the, in the law, I'm not doing that one. So was not committing adultery. I'm free to do that. So was oh, loving my neighbor. Oh, that was in the law. Well, I'm not doing that. The righteous standard of Jesus is so much higher than those things. What Jesus did in fulfilling those things is that now when we have a relationship with Jesus through faith, watch, through grace, he gives us his righteousness and we have the power to love him and love one another. If we do that, we're not gonna commit adultery. We're not gonna do all that. We don't have to sit there and study. We don't have to study the 10 commandments. We're not checking off commandments. We don't live by that. We live by faith. And if we live by faith, then Christ, through us, we're gonna end up walking in a holiness that's acceptable to God and our fellow man, okay? So no, don't go to Deuteronomy and make a list in your house. It's the gospel of the kingdom. Okay. When you lead communion and speak a blessing over your family, can you pray from your heart or do you like have to read out of this thing? You can do it however you want. Man, nothing would make me happier than if you could get your family or you and your spouse at a table. Do it however you want. Just take communion. <laughs> Remember the Lord and pray a blessing over one another. There is so much liberty in this. Are y'all feeling what this is really supposed to be about? I'm gonna have the answers to other these on the, on the, this is about Catholic and Protestant and Messianic liturgy. Let me tell you what liturgy we're doing. It's called kingdom liturgy. It's called the scripture, okay? It's called consistent scripture that is what we are free to do. Amen? Amen. And we're even doing the other liter. I mean, we're doing, doing Christmas, right? Well, that's Catholic, Protestant, okay? We're doing Christmas. We're doing all the other things. We have liberty in all these things. What is allowed and not allowed on the Sabbath? If you have to work right now, you have to work. But maybe in the future, once you start seeing how blessed your home is, maybe for your next job, come on, maybe try to get off on Friday night or part of the day Saturday. There, there's so many things you can do. I'm just saying, I don't like, you remember the Lord and start with communion and let the Holy, this is the great thing. It's your home, it's not my home. Let the Holy Spirit lead you in what to do. Can I have a good amen? You, you don't have to do any of it. Okay, the rest of these, 
will be on the website. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. For more information about Celebration Church or to get in touch with us, please visit celebration.org.